This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, September 23rd, 2012. Traps. The quicksand trap. I don't know about you, but I'm worn out. (sighs) Trying to get out of that quicksand with Bear. How about you? That's some tough stuff, that quicksand. Uh, That's our focus today as we finish our series on traps. The quicksand. Try that again. The quicksand trap. That's our focus this morning. Good morning, Connection Church. I'm Alan Jones. Uh, actually, normally the first one would say, my name is Carrie Jones, but she's not here. And it's not because Devin, had, Devin was just here last service. One because Devin had a baby. Um, I'll tell you what happened. Last night we were at um, Middletown, hosted a tournament of bands competition. By the way, Apo and, and uh, Middletown, they did great in that thing. They were wonderful. And they, all the local bands were. And um, anyway, after, it got terrible downpour last night. And... <clears throat> And um, we were undercover and then trying to get to the car, and it was lightning, and Carrie was trying to run to her car to not get lightninged. And uh, <clears throat> she uh, unfortunately tripped on a curb there by the school and um, fell, and her shoulder, so she's not exactly sure, but anyway, long story short, we spent a couple hours in the emergency at Christiana looking at her shoulder because she was in extreme pain. Carrie has a pretty high pain threshold, and... Uh, she was really in pain, and so they discovered a, a break in her uh, humerus. They didn't find it very humorous, but that's where the break was, up near the uh, rotator cuff there. And so, um, you know, they don't put a cast, and she's not, if she was a lot older, they would uh, surgically repair it. They just, she just has to immobilize, you know, keep a, uh, what do you call that, sling on, yeah, keep from moving it, and she really wanted to be here today. I usually don't tell, suggest, even try to suggest Carrie what to do. You know, I'm smarter than that. Uh, but I did today because she was determined she was going to get her. And I suggested that maybe today was a day to just take it easy because her body's still kind of in trauma. And apparently she listened. <laughs> so she carries it home and... Um, Wishes she could be here with all y'all because she loves to worship with you. But uh, please keep her in your prayer. Because like I say, she's even with some medication for pain, it's still, you know, those things are painful. And and what's really painful is her having to sit still for <laughs> and, and not do all the things that she would normally want to be doing. So please keep her in prayer. And we appreciate that. Thank you. As I said, I'm Alan Jones. I'm a, I'm a sinner who's been saved by God's grace In Jesus Christ, will you you pray with me, please? Holy God, thank you for the glorious day you've given us. Thank you for this gathering us here. I pray um, uh, your healing hand on Carrie. Please help her to rest comfortably. Please um, minimize her pain, maximize her recovery. Thank you for drawing us here today that we might worship, that we might praise you, that we might share in your word. I, I pray that that, uh, that through your word we would uh, get ever closer both to one another, but most especially to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Please help us to hear your word and to respond. In his name, in the power of your Holy Spirit, all those gathered said, Amen. So today we're going to talk about our last trap in this series. This is a <coughs> excuse me, a natural trap, a trap you find in nature, not man-made, not made with hands, but found in nature. Um, you know, I, in doing a little research, I found there's a lot of natural traps. Uh, 
one that you're probably familiar with. It's part of our logo for this series, grown all around the letters there. You know it's called the Venus flytrap. Kind of interesting because of all the insects and spiders, it, flies are one of the least that it captures, but it, it does at the end of its leaves. Have you ever seen one? It's really cool. It's got these, uh, like this hinge thing with like these little things that go like that. But inside are these little hairs. And see, if an insect or a spider touches one of the hairs, well, that doesn't cause it to close. It has to touch one and then another within 20 seconds. So it doesn't use a lot of energy on false, false alarms. It's pretty cool, you know? So if it, if it gets two in 20 seconds, that insect's a goner. And it somehow ingests, digests, whatever the word is, and gets nutrients from that insect. Uh, a lot of these plants grow in places where they're not going to get it from the ground. These plants, there's a whole group of plants called carnivorous plants. Have you heard that term? I've never heard it before. Carn- Meat-eating plants! That's pretty wild. There's this other one I read about in Brazil where <coughs> worms get caught by its roots. <laughs> and then the roots can tangle the worms and the, you know, it gets nutrient from the worms that die and then get... <laughs> basically sucked up into the plant. That's pretty wild, isn't it? A lot of those, not a a huge amount, but enough of of different types and all around the world. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Anyway, (laughs) we're talking about kind of a different kind of natural trap. It's, It's not something that traps for nutrients or anything like that. It's just, actually, it's just something in nature that by its very nature, if you fall into it or go into it, you're going to be entrapped. It's the thing Bear was in. It's quicksand. Has has anybody here ever been in quicksand? I I haven't. Our closest was a couple summers ago, we we vacationed up in Portland, Maine. Carrie has a cousin that lives up there and um, do a lot of kayaking up there. So Carrie was carrying her cousin in one kayak and Turner and I were in another kayak. And we go out to... um, to this uh, island where there's an old abandoned fort. And <laughs> that island was, it was more than a notion getting out there, let me tell you. I mean, you're like in this shipping lane, you see these, you're in this little dinky kayak, and there's this ship like next to you. <sighs> anyway, that wasn't the best part. You get to the island and you go to step out, and, and I instantly am up to about there in mud, and I start trying to pull it out. I didn't know, I thought I was going to lose my shoe, right? I'm just thinking, wow. And, and, you know, when you pull it out, you hear this sound, you know, like sucking it back in. Wow. If that mud, what would quicksand be like? Because the more I would have pulled, the more I would have gone in. That's that's some scary stuff, isn't it? That is some some scary stuff. I, I can't imagine what it would be like to get caught in that quicksand. Now, quicksand, let's look at what the dictionary tells us uh, is that definition. Uh, number one definition, it's a bed of loose Sand mixed with water, forming a soft, shifting mass that yields easily to pressure and tends to engulf any object resting on its surface. And then the second definition is kind of a kind of more of a metaphoric kind of thing. It's a place or situation into which uh, entry can be swift and sudden, but from which extrication can be difficult and impossible. So it's kind of a metaphor. And I was going to use that at the end of the message. I'm going to wrap it up with that. And then when I got to the end, I, I tried to do that. I thought. Wow, that's a whole other message for a whole nother day. You know, this place or situation. 
So we're going to set that aside for right now. We're just going to focus on the first words, a combination of sand and, and water. That's, that's the formula for, um, for quicksand, sand and water, loose mixture. Now, here's the thing. If it were either one, it wouldn't be a problem, would it? Sand, even though, you know, you talk about the shifting sand and when you're on the beach, some beaches are really packed hard and some it's hard to run through. But you've never not been able to get through sand, right? I mean, you can dig a hole, in a, but you can walk across the sand, right? It might be hot. It might be a little difficult if it's real loose, but you get it from point A to point B. If you had all water, if you jump in a pool, you can get out, right? It doesn't suck you in unless you've got, you know, a hundred pound weight holding you down or something. Or if you're at point A, unless it's a huge body of water and if you can swim decently, you can get from point A to point B in water, right? It's not going to hold you. It's not going to entrap you. Either one by itself is doable. You can get from one place to another. You can get out. It's not a trap. But when you combine the two, that's when we've got problems. When it's neither sand nor water, right? It's neither. It's not one or the other, but it's kind of in between. It's the combination of the two, not being one or the other, but the combination that causes the problem. So what's that got to do with us here this morning? Well, funny you should ask. Not that, not that, someplace in between, middle ground. How often do we kind of get caught in the middle? Not here, not here, but in between, where we can't decide one way or the other. We're neither in nor out. In other words, we're kind of in the quicksand. The in-between, that's what traps us. Maybe it's a decision. Maybe it's a position. Maybe it's a belief. We're neither on or off. We're neither here nor there. We're neither up nor down. We're in the middle. We're stuck. Basically, we're in quicksand. Sometimes that's not totally bad. I was thinking, like, let's say Karen and I are going out to dinner. And she says, Alan, uh, where do you want to go? And maybe I say something like, it really doesn't matter. I don't care. Now, the thing you got to know is when I say I don't care, what I'm really saying is <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care if I say that. And so then, then she's, and this is good for her, if she's got her heart set on like Mexican or something, I, great, we'll go to Mexican. <laughs> That's great. But the challenge is, what if both of if I say, oh, I don't care, and she says, well, I don't care. I, I don't, you know, we're a half an hour, but I don't, you know, it's kind of quicksand, isn't it? It kind of catches you. And one of us sooner or later got to make a decision, or else we just don't eat, you know, and that's not going to happen. So we got to get out of the quicksand there. Well, anyway. The challenge is, though, um, when you say, I don't care, when you're stuck in the middle, where's the passion? Where's the, where, where's the desire? Where's the oomph? When you go, I don't care. When you're in that middle ground, when you're neither in or out, when it's not on or off, when it's not up and down, where's the oomph? Where's the passion? See, it's for that reason that this idea of quicksand that we're talking about this morning isn't good. 
It's very trapping. Especially true when it comes to aspects of faith. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, in fact, Jesus, um, Jesus addressed this. Now, he didn't put it in these terms. He didn't use the term quicksand. <laughs> and he didn't use the term trap. But he basically addressed this. In, um, and we find it in the Bible. It's, um, it's a place in the Bible. It's a, it's a vision that Jesus gives to a guy named John through an angel. Jesus gives it to John through an angel while John is um, imprisoned on the Isle of Patmos. Uh, the book in the Bible is called Revelation. It's the last book of the Bible. It's called Revelation because it's what was revealed to John about what is to come. Um, for some, it's kind of a scary book because it's got some really incredible images and, and stuff in there. But it's actually an awesome book because it does have these incredible images of what is to come. And, and, and you can understand it on, on, on several levels, and it's just very, it's a very awesome book of the Bible. I encourage you to study it sometime. Anyway, um, in this vision to John, uh, Jesus addresses near the beginning seven, the seven churches that we find there in Asia. And, and he offers both words of encouragement and, and, and words of, of, of reproach. In other words, uh-huh, <laughs> lift up words and mm-mm-mm words. <laughs> and, and, and he has some especially challenging words in, 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 to the last church that he addresses, the church of Laodicea. And it's the only one of the seven to, to which Jesus basically has nothing good to say. All the other, he goes, oh, here's the good, but here's the bad. This one basically, <laughs> you guys are hurting. You don't have a whole lot of good to say here. See, here's the background. Here's a little backdrop. Here's what we see this against. Laodicea was a, it was a great banking and financial center, one of the wealthiest cities of the world at the time. In fact, story had it that in uh, 61 A.D., that's 61 years after the birth of Jesus, <clears throat> they had a bad um, um, uh, earthquake there, and that town refused any aid from the Roman government, saying they could completely rebuild on their own. They didn't need any help. Whoa! That's incredible! Place was devastated. They don't need any outside help. It was also a great center for the manufacture of clothing, and it was also a great medical center, famous far and wide for these um, ointments, these salves that they made for the ears and for the eyes. And that's very important, especially when it comes to what Jesus says. See, Laodicea was rich. They'd amassed great wealth through this banking, through the um, uh, manufacturing of clothing, and through these ointments for the ears and eyes. And as a result, they needed nothing. Or so they thought. They needed nothing, not even God. And so, this gives us a context against which we can measure the words that Jesus shares with the prophet John in this revelation. And here's what Jesus says. He starts by kind of saying who's talking. He says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, Right. He's telling John to, 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 to write this. 
These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. And those great words, aren't those great names for Jesus? The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Those, those are just names of Jesus there. That's who's saying this stuff. He says this, he says, I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. He says, I wish, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Some versions say, I'll spit you out. Some say, you make me, you make, you make me want to puke, make me want to vomit. <laughs> this one says, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Wow. Pretty intense. And then, and then he goes on. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich. There's the financial. Remember, they, it was, this place was uh, in the financial center. They were, okay, there's the financial. Gold, but not your gold. It's the gold that I have to offer. Then he says, um, that you may be rich. And white garments that you may be clothed. Remember they're the clothing manufacturer? Now, let me show you the clothes I have, though. These white, clothed in purity. And then, and anoint your eyes with eye salve. Remember they made that salve for the eyes, and that's how they got it. Jesus said, I got a better salve for you. See, the salve I have is a salve that you may really see. You're going to see what I, I would have you see. Pretty cool, isn't it? He covers all three of the things there. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Remember that on those rebuke and chasten days where you're feeling God's rebuking and chasten and, uh, and uh, uh, ch- chastising you. He loves you. <laughs> and then Jesus goes on and says this, Therefore, be zealous and repent. Zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen and amen. That's a heck of a sermon, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty scathing. You're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. And I want to puke you up. (laughs) Call me crazy. You might think that I'm really putting a lot because it's so subtle. You really got to read between the lines. But do you get a feeling that Jesus doesn't like lukewarm here? It's subtle, but... (laughs) boom it's like a freight train isn't it (laughs) if you're lukewarm i want to puke you when you're lukewarm when you're stuck between here and there when you're in the middle in mamby-pamby land when you're in the quicksand jesus wants us either in or out he wants us to quit tiptoeing around Make a decision. 
If it was all guys here, I'd say, man up! But it's not. Woman up! I guess, is that an expression? (laughs) Person up. (laughs) Make a decision. Step up. Be decisive. Take a stand. No more of this murky gray in the middle. Eh. Choose. Choose. See, in the case of this church he's talking to, this church of Laodicea, they, uh, they thought they needed nothing thanks to their great wealth. It blinded them to what they really needed, a, a relationship with Jesus Christ. They, they thought they didn't need anything, especially a relationship with God. They had it all. They, Well, back to that trap we talked about last week. They were self-sufficient, weren't they? There's another trap. And Jesus points out to them that in their wealth, they are in poverty. <laughs> I love it when he told them about the salve on the eyes, because he's got a whole different salve to help us see, doesn't he? As we said, this is the only church of the seven that he addresses that he completely admonishes. Doesn't have something good and then it's all whew, tough stuff to say. And yet, and yet, when he gets to the end, see the thing about Jesus, he always offers hope, doesn't he? Even this church where he's just saying, man, you guys, uh, you ain't getting it. At the end, he offers them hope with that uh, well-known scripture. I think we shared it just a few weeks ago where he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone... See that? He doesn't say, if you... Or you, or maybe you, or you, or you. He says, if anyone, anyone, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. If anyone. And you notice that there's a famous painting we talked about before. Jesus standing by the door. There's no handle on his side. He's waiting for us. To pull, and if we do, if we pull it open, what's he say he's going to do? I will come in, and we'll we together. He's not just talking about having a burger and fries. Eating together means sitting down and being in relationship, and we're going to connect, and we're going to get together. That's what sharing a meal. It's more than just food, right? Yeah. See, the thing is, Jesus is looking for us to have passion in our lives. Passion in our lives. Passion in our relationships. Passion in our faith. And so the question for us today, every one of us, including myself, I'm talking, I'm looking in the mirror with this one too. Where in our lives are we lukewarm? Where in our lives are we lukewarm? Where we're neither hot nor cold. Where we're stuck in the quicksand and it's trapping us. Is it with your spouse if you're married? You know, you've been married for a few years. You kind of maybe taking each other for granted. Maybe someday just going through the motion. You know, it's, it's not hot or cold. Just kind of lukewarm. Stuck in the quicksand. That's not what God intends for a marriage. It should be hot. (laughs) 
Yeah, I said that, Carrie. I said it. Yeah. I said it. I'm, okay. Or how about your job? Maybe you've been in your job for a while, you know, and, uh, and you know, that job, you were fired up when you first got there, but now it's just kind of routine. You know. How was your day, honey? Same old, same old, you know. Maybe, uh, maybe it's the job, you know, where you've cooled down. Not really putting it out like you once were. It's not putting in time, picking up the check, waiting to retire. Stuck in the quicksand. Maybe it's just life in general. Remember back the hopes and dreams. The hopes and dreams you had when you were young and all fired up, or maybe you're young now. And you got that whole future ahead. Ah, you fired up. You're, you're, you're on fire. But maybe that's history for you now, and you're not hot or cold. You're just kind of in lukewarm land. No passion, no fire, no oomph. Just kind of stuck, stuck in that middle, stuck in the quicksand. Or maybe it's your faith. <laughs> You're not sure of things. You, I don't know. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know if I want to commit. I, mm, iffy, not really in, not really out. Going through the motions, kind of stuck in the quicksand. You see this. I, some days I, I feel it, you know, that kind of in between. tough. Our faith of all things should be passionate, shouldn't it? Passionate with our faith. Passionate when it comes to Jesus. Passionate when it comes to the Scriptures. You know, you ever just read the Scriptures and kind of read through them and it's just words? <laughs> when I wrote this, at first one I'm going to share this, but I will because it just it's indicative of what sometimes happens. When we were in seminary, we had a... And this isn't meant to be attacking on anybody at all. It's just a situation that happens sometimes. And I don't think people intend... I'd sit and chat. We have a chapel service. And people would get up and read the Scriptures. That's what I mean. They got up sometimes and they would read the Scriptures. You know what I'm saying? But read the Scriptures. What could be worse than just reading with no passion, no fire? It's the Word of God. It's God's Word. It's God's story with humankind. I mean, what could be more exciting? What should have more fire, more passion than God's Word? Yeah, I'm sure we've all done that, though. We've opened our Bible and we've just kind of read it. Words on the page. Stuck in the middle, caught in the quicksand. Jesus deserves our passion, don't you think? It's interesting. Just I didn't think of his first two services. Jesus' last days, that last week, is known as the passion. Think about that. His passion, doesn't it deserve our passion? You know, the thing about that quicksand, as Bear showed us, uh, 
you don't have to be stuck in the quicksand. You can escape, right? It's kind of tricky how he did it. And as Barry pointed out, he kind of had to get on his knees. <laughs> I'd be praying hard in there. He had to kind of lay it out to get out of there. But he got out. It's true for us as well. We don't have to stay lukewarm. We don't have to stay in the middle. We can get hot or cold, not in the middle. You say, isn't the middle better than cold? No! Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Take a believer, take an atheist. At least they firmly believe something. (laughs) Cool thing about an atheist, all you got to do is get them to see it the other way. The passion they had against God isn't going to be... It's like Paul. He was, he was brutal on those Christians. And when Jesus visited man, he was brutal if you weren't a Christian. You know, that same passion just flipped to the other side. At least there's some passion there. Amen? Lukewarm, there's no passion. There's no umph. There's, it's nothing. It's quicksand that just sucks you in. But we don't have to stay stuck. We can turn around. The church word for that turnaround is repent. We've talked about this before. Repent literally means going in one direction, won't change direction. Repent doesn't mean saying, I'm sorry for the 10,000th time, then going out and doing it again. Repent literally means to be going here and then going here. New direction, a change, a change. Jesus says, be zealous and repent. Have some passion about it. You know what zealous means, right? Oomph! Have some passion and a new direction. That's what he says. Have some passion, turn it around. Basically, what he's saying is, give me all you got. Don't hold back. Don't be in this middle ground, as I said before, mamby-pamby land. Give it all you got. Get out of the quicksand. We're going to close today with a passage of Scripture from the Old Testament. Many years before Jesus, but it's awesome. From the book of Joshua. In fact, it's by Joshua. It's about Joshua. We're going to be talking for a few minutes here. Now, Joshua, he's addressing the people of Israel. Now, Joshua, he's had many years of faithful service. We go way back. Joshua was one of the spies that went over into the promised land secretly and came back and reported. Remember? He and Caleb said, we can take it. With the Lord on our side, we can take it. The other like 10 spies said, oh no, we felt like little grasshoppers. Bunch of weenies. (laughs) And so, because they weenified, it was an extra 40 years. You know, it was all those extra years in the desert because they were, God had to get them ready to take it. Not Caleb and Joshua, man. They were ready to roll. In fact, uh, Joshua, he was Moses' second in command, remember? Then Moses, he messed up something. God said, you're not crossing the river. (laughs) You can see it, but you're not going in. God can be tough at times, can't he? So when they cross the river into the promised land, Joshua takes over the reins. He's in charge. He's the man. He's overseeing all of Israel. And, and they divvy up the land and, you know, they get kind of organized and everything. And this is years later. And Joshua's at the end of his career, end of his life. He sees it coming. 
And God, God has them kind of give his kind of final address to the people here. And, and, and the, and the thing he does is he, he kind of does a quick, quick review of where they've been. That's how we do sometimes here at Connection. If you're not in a, in a class about Connection Church, we, we tell you a little bit about the history to kind of bring you up to speed to let you know where we've been. It's valuable. It's valuable to be a part of things, to, re, to remember where you've been, what you went through, what brought you to this point. So it has a brief history, not real long, of you know when they were enslaved in Egypt and how the Lord delivered them and brought them into the promised land where they are now. And things are looking good. And, um, and, and, and here they are years later, like I said. And then, and then Joshua brings up that, and then he kind of gives them a directive. He kind of gives them a commandment, if you will. And, and basically, he's telling them to make a choice. He's basically saying, hey, get hot or cold. Whatever you do, don't stay lukewarm. He doesn't use that language, but that's basically what he's saying. He's saying, don't stay in the quicksand, man. You've got to do something here. Get out of quicksand. Here's, here's, actually, here's what he said. He says this, So fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly means give Him everything you got. It doesn't say, oh, serve Him half-heartedly and with the other half do this. Right? Wholeheartedly means all in. All in. It's either this or it's not this. It's not this in between. In. Wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River. And he, you ever notice, if you read the Old Testament, how they're worshipping God and then they fall away. And when they fall away, what do they always do? They revert back to the old ways. That's what we all do, isn't it? Go back to what was going And the old ways are those old gods, remember? It's like they pull them out of the closet. Oh, I'm going to worship you now. And then they'll put them away and go back to the God of Israel. And then when things get kind of challenging and tough, and they say, well, I don't like it anymore. What do they do? They go back to the, pull them back out of the closet. Maybe they go down to the basement, go through some boxes. Ah, there's that idol. Back and forth, back. He says, put away forever the idols. Let me ask you this. If it's in the attic, is it possible you might pull it out sometime? Yes. In the basement. you ever pull out an old box in the basement and check out the old stuff in it? If not, you'll throw it away. <laughs> you see, it, he says put them away forever. Do you know what that means? Forever put them away means adios. Lose them. Throw them away. Get rid of them. And then the next thing, serve the Lord Alone. He doesn't. He's not saying serve him without anybody else around you. It's not like he's not saying in your isolation. He means serve the one and only God and no other God. Serve just God. Serve God alone. But, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, you should do. But if you don't, if you choose otherwise, then choose today whom you will serve. In other words. You're in this tweener state here. You're not sure. Either pick God or choose something else. Get out of the middle. Get out of the quicksand. Would you prefer the God your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? That's one of your choices. Or will it be the gods of the Amorites? In other, those guys that are living in the next lot from, over from you, the next neighborhood? Uh, do you want to pick up on their gods? You know, they're probably talking over the fence with them. 
Is that interesting to you, the ones that they're offering you that they're talking about? So you can pick the God of Israel or pick that old God, God, the Euphrates one that you kind of keep jumping back. Or how about the one in the neighboring territory here where your neighbors are talking about? Whatever you do, pick something. Get out of the middle. Get out of the quicksand. Make a choice. And then he puts it on the line. He draws a line in the sand and he says who he is and what he's going to do and what he has done. But as for me and my family, say it with me, we will serve the Lord. Today, make a choice. In or out, left or right, God of Israel, those other, one or the other, pick, 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 pick. But let me tell you, as for me and my family, say it with me. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I've chosen, he says. That's my choice. You need to choose. And what's it going to be? What's it going to be? That's our question today. We've got to get out of lukewarm. And in some ways, as somebody said to me after last service, you know, in some ways, aren't we all at times lukewarm someplace? Get out of lukewarm and say, choose. What's it going to be? As for me and my family, we choose the Lord. How about you? How about you? How about you? Let's pray. Holy God, wow. Man, this tough scripture. Jesus can be pretty tough at times. I want to throw you up if you're lukewarm. Make a choice. Lord, I pray everyone here today makes a choice and he and chooses you. I pray that they choose Jesus the Christ, your son. I pray that we choose to, to open the door, to allow you in Jesus, to, to share a meal, to share a relationship, to be together. And, and, and I know some here today haven't, haven't really chosen. They haven't really opened that door. And <clears throat> my prayer is that everyone here today will have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, with you, Jesus. And so I'm going to share a prayer. And I, my hope is that those who don't know you might pray along with this. <clears throat> my prayer is that those who do can pray it again and, and, and be able to share in this as well, because they, they know what, it, what I'm saying is true. And, and, and here's the prayer. And if you've never um, taken a relationship with Jesus, I would encourage you to maybe pray this along and open your heart today. And the prayer goes like this. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Uh, I've done things that separate me from others and from you. Uh, and I haven't done things. And not doing things has separated me from others and you. And, and I know I need salvation. I know I need your saving grace, and, and I know that I cannot save myself. And I know Jesus died, gave his very life as a ransom for my sin. He, he paid that price that I can't pay. He is the saving grace that I need. My prayer, Lord Jesus, is that, that I might open that door and allow you into my life. I'm not even sure sometimes what that means, but I know I need you, and I'm going to open that door and invite you in and look forward to a glorious future 
with you in my life. Pray these things in your name and in the power of your Holy Spirit. And All Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that He offers.